First win of the season, and it's over a very important opponent. Recapping Sabres and Lightning here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Like and subscribe us there. You can always get a hold of us at Locked On Sabres on Twitter or on our YouTube channel as well. Three to two in overtime. Sabres over the Lightning. There's a lot to pick through in this game, uh, including some off-ice things as well. But also, of course, on the ice, some guys getting on the score sheet for the first time. And my thoughts on Tampa and why I think they're in big, big trouble uh, this season. Uh, That's coming up here on the show, so stay tuned for that. These 7.30 puck drops, man. Not a fan. I don't need more of them. We've had back-to-back 7.30 puck drops. I am an early riser. If you uh, listen to me on WGR, you know that I'm on the air at 6, which means I'm getting up before 5. And 7.30 game, and I'm going to these games. I love being in the arena. If I ever have the opportunity to be in there, I never want to miss it. Think about it. Game ends at 10. Instead of 9.20, 9.30, get home at 10.20, you fall asleep, hopefully by 10.30, 10.45, um, you know, it's still, I guess, six hours of sleep, which I'm starting to get a little more accustomed to, but I don't need these 7.30 puck drops, enough, but luckily for me, we don't have any for a while, we do have a 6.45 game next week, but 7 o'clock on Thursday against Calgary, thank goodness, uh, I need that for sure. Uh, but to get through the game, a couple of things that are off the ice that I want to get to. Again, my second go-round with the food at KeyBank Center. Night two for me on that front. And two for two. I went with the fried chicken sandwich in night one. Went with the nachos on the two-foot nachos in game number two. They're finally starting to get some options, some good options in the arena. You still have to know where you're going. This was in the, the Southern barbecue place that they have on the 100 level, but they were great. These nachos were great. They were, again, I, ca- I said brewery chicken sandwich, a good brewery chicken sandwich. Uh, that's how I describe the nachos, the nachos you'd expect at a good brewery. Um, so the food is getting better. The game day atmosphere, like they have added some paint in places where they probably should have done that five years ago in the arena. I just think the game experience has been upgraded. Every little things. It's not all food. Although, hey, there's a cotton candy machine now. A make-your-own cotton candy machine. Um, what else? There's a Slurpee machine in the arena now, too. So, again, they are doing better on the food front, especially. Um, but other things. You know, uh, I think the the music in the arena. I've talked about the live music before that they have now uh, between the periods. Um there's more standing room, it looks like. I don't really know. It, maybe that's just a feeling that I'm getting. Um, but it seems like they've moved some carts that used to be in certain places where not in like the places that you would congregate, like near the Odd Club or the Blue Zone out in front of the arena. Um, they've kind of opened up those spaces a little bit for more standing room. But I've liked it. Through two games, I've thought the experience in the arena is a lot better. The lightning, sa- the lightsaber sound effect after Devin Levi makes a big save. Uh, I can get on board with that. It's fine. Uh, not as annoying as it was for me week night one. And again, the music, the DJing, the live music, uh, I think it's better. It's definitely better. That being said, 
part of the story of this game, Sabres and Lightning, Tuesday night, uh, three to two, Buffalo over Tampa, was that attendance was not great on the surface. And for being a nationally televised game, um, I guess you don't love that as a look, but I do think it's defendable. 12,598. That is 66%. It's not near a sellout. I mean, we're talking 6,000 plus away from a sellout. But what I will say is they had, and I talked about this on WGR with Jeremy White on Tuesday morning, they had, the Sabres had a lot of recovery to do. A lot of recovery. They lost through their 11-year playoff drought and COVID, shutting everything down. They lost an enormous chunk of their season ticket base. A huge, huge chunk. And it's very clear that has not yet been completely repaired. It's been improved, but they do not have the base back that they had four or five years ago. They do not. And they're working their way back. And I think you are seeing that in the numbers attendance-wise. Even though it's only just under 13,000, that was more basically last year, if you look at the attendance during games in October, it was more than basically every game they played last October except for the opener. That was it. So it's a Tuesday night. You're doing better. There were games last year, like they played Detroit um, last year on a Thursday night in October. And it was 9,000 people in the building. I looked it up looking at last October's attendance. 9,000 people. Like, okay, I know 13,000 is not impressive and it it might be hard to defend. But it's 4,000 more than what they had in some games last year. Like, if that's the floor, then again, we're talking improvement. We're not talking all the way back with their attendance. But hopefully fans continue to return. And once, if they continue to play well and they get towards the playoffs for a second year in a row, I do think the confidence will come back and the tick, the base will come back, but it's going it, to, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take some effort. I think to repair that uh, back to where it was at one point. Although uh, let's get to the game though. Things about the game. Um, I want to go through some of the goals in a minute, but one thing that we talked about and focused on on our last show that I want to just recap for you. Um, we talked a lot about Peyton Krebs getting a big opportunity in the lineup. He goes up from fourth line center to second line, right wing with, Dylan Cousins, and J.J. Paterka. And I thought that Krebs was fine. I thought in moments he was fine. I know Granado liked his his play, um, but there's a give and take here. You know, to my eyes, he made some nice plays. He made some nice passes. He was good on the forecheck. Um, I thought they utilized him as a defensive stalwart at the end of the game, and he was not on the ice when the game-tying goal went in for Tampa. So my eyes told one story, but I do want to inform you that he had the lowest expected goals for total in the game for either team. 9%. 9% expected goals for. That's horrible. That's really, really bad at five on five. So what do you want to believe? I like to usually believe the numbers over my own eyes because I don't remember everything. I don't remember every play that he had. I don't remember you know every shift that he had and what they looked like. Um, so just take that with a, take, take my account with a grain of salt because the numbers say he was very bad, but again, I thought he, I thought he looked good. I thought the energy looked good. Maybe I just wanted to see him look good. Um, but I will say this Granado talked about him as though he's going to try it again. 
Uh, and then maybe that's what's most important right now, that they got the win, they got Krebs a game in there, and all right, like, it's go time. We're not going to give you half a season to make this work, but if you did enough to get to the next game, then maybe he can look good against Calgary. But Krebs, one stat on him before we move on. He is the only player in the NHL that has played more than 30 minutes of ice time that does not have a shot attempt, not even a shot on goal. Krebs doesn't have a shot attempt so far this year. And he's not a shooter. I know that, but that's not a good sign. That might be the one stat that is most alarming about Krebs right now is that you're not even getting into scoring opportunities for yourself. You got to get there at least once in a while. Three to two sabers over the lightning. We'll go through some of the goals and what happened on the last shift? What and regulation? What happened at the end? That's coming up. And then I want to get to my take on Tampa. I think they're in big trouble. Coming up on the Locked On Sabres podcast, we are presented by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, plenty more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and keep home and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. This episode of the Locked on Savers podcast also brought to you by the Game Time app. If you want to go to the game on Thursday night against Calgary or uh, Saturday against New York, we got a little bit of a homestand here. Check out the Game Time app. My favorite feature as you're scrolling through, you're looking at Buffalo hockey tickets, and you'll just see right there, on the seat, what exactly your view is going to be. Um, an automated image shows you your angle, how high up you're going to be, basically everything you need to know about where you're going to be sitting. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. All in prices, show your total up front. You don't get those hidden fees after the fact where you think your ticket's going to cost you 50 bucks and then you go to the checkout screen and it costs you $80 per. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the start or of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NHL when you buy those tickets to Thursday night's game for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast, Sabres get their first win of the season, 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The expected goals for percentage in this game, 54% for the Sabres versus 46% for the Lightning. Um, if you look at the shot attempts in this game, 42 for Buffalo, 41 for Tampa Bay. If you look at the scoring chances in this game, this is all five on five, 19 for Buffalo, 18 for Tampa Bay. And when it comes to the power play numbers in this game, there were a lot of penalties dished out five penalties on the Sabres four for Tampa. Um, 
five penalties, I should say, on the Sabres, four on Tampa. But power play opportunities were three to four because two of those were uh, were matching. Um, the fighting majors, of course, between Zemgus Gergensen and Austin Watson. Uh, zero for three and zero for four. No one scored on the power play. The Sabres penalty kill looks really strong to start the year. They've only allowed that first power penalty. Uh, power play goal um otherwise the penalty kill has been stellar uh ever since um all right so going through some of the goals in this game it started off with Zemgus Gergensen's and that is a nice play by Kyle Poso to find him streaking into the zone Tyson Jost involved in the play as well I thought Jost looked really comfortable uh, on that fourth line center role and hey good for Zemgus man like he is a good he's a good finisher for a fourth liner uh he always really has been he's been a horrible playmaker that's fine, right? Like fourth liner, you know you're going to have a limited offensive player. If you could give me one of the two, then that's all you need. And Zemgis, I mean, he scored double-digit goals in three consecutive seasons, two of those seasons not even playing 70 games because of, you know, them being shortened due to COVID or injury. Um, and he comes down, flying down the wing, beats, beats Jonas Johansson, the Tampa goaltender, over the shoulder, top corner. It's a great finish by Zemgis. He had a great game. He got the sword of the game after from the captain, Kyle Poso. Because um, not only did he score, but then he went out and he defended. Um, Tyson Jost was the one who got hit by Awesome Watson. Defended him. So a great game by Zemgis. Gives you exactly what you need. Defense, energy, and he pots a goal in. Uh, so good for Zemgis. The second goal of the game by Jeff Skinner. Skinner, we got to hear the uh, the high school musical song for the first time this season. I thought it hit. I thought people enjoyed it. Um, definitely passed a lot of fans' time, you can tell, though. Anyways, on the Skinner goal. It's a nice finish by Skinner. But that play is 1,000% on Owen Power. Owen Power was tremendous on this play. Um, The pass that he makes from the point, he takes a look up. He finds Skinner down below. He rips it onto his stick. There is a corner angle of the camera looking out at Power and the puck coming towards the camera right on the tape for and it's right on it. It's a, it's a hard pass. It's good by power to see where he is. And Skinner is very easily able to put it in the back of the net. So a great job by Owen Power. He almost had the game winner in overtime when he hit it off the post um, and the shift before Cousins scored. Then Dylan Cousins gets on the score sheet. And you know what? I've been on Dylan Cousins a lot. And that's because I ha- it's only two games. So, you know, a lot is, with, is uh, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I thought he was bad in the first two games. Straight up. He was better in this game. The numbers don't say that. Kind of like Krebs. Kind of surprising. 22% expected goals for at 5-on-5 in this game by Dylan Cousins. I thought he could have been better yet again. And if you look at the ice time, man, he played less than every Sabre forward. I'm actually just realizing now looking at it. Granado recognized that he wasn't playing well. Because at 5-on-5, only Zemgus Gergensen's played less five-on-five minutes than Dylan Cousins last night. That's it. That's kind of funny, right? The guy who scored the opener and the guy who scored the winner were the two players that played the least. I mean, Benson played way more. 12.36 five-on-five ice time for Benson. 8.37 for Cousins. Krebs played two more minutes at five-on-five. Middlestat played played six more minutes at five-on-five. Everybody played more. Everybody than than cousins, so he that's kind of getting benched in a way, but he made up for it, right? Like he he came through, and maybe maybe this goal will get him on the right track. Maybe he just needed to see the puck go in the back of the net, start getting some other shots to fall because the goal was nice. 
it's a it's a three on three. Jordan Greenway leaving it for Dalin, leaving it for Cousins, and he makes he pushes the defenseman off balance with his speed, cuts to the right, and he's able to rip the puck at post and in for the goal. So it was a nice goal by Cousins. It was a nice finish, and I hope I hope that that will leave um, will lead to more from him and not the struggles that we've seen, I think through the first three games uh, of the season. So good for cousins. Now did not talk about yet the goal that tied it for the Tampa Bay lightning. I thought Devin Levi was very strong in this game. He saved almost a full goal over expected. Um, Looking at some of the shots in this game, 25 shots on goal for Tampa, only two goals allowed. So a good save percentage as well. Levi was great flashing the leather against the key to Kucherov. Um, what a save that he made there. By the way, he got talked to by the ref about his meditation at center ice, but I think all the ref was telling him was, hey, can you move up 10 feet on the next time so that we could scrape the ice from where you're sitting? Either way, I thought Levi was really strong. It's not his fault that that goal went in in the final seven seconds. To me, I put that play on Dalene. Dalene, I mean, he was behind the net, and he, I don't really know where he was. I don't know what he was trying to cover, uh, but he, he left Brandon Hagel open on the side of the net. And I think that's why he had not one, but two opportunities to put it over Levi's pad. And he was able to take advantage because he's a very good player. Uh, so Darlene needs to be better, I think, in that late game situation. But I also would question Granado a little bit on that last shift. It was an offensive zone entry uh, faceoff with less than two minutes to play up one. I don't want... Listen, Tage Thompson's actually been really good defensively so far this year. Through three games, he's been a lot better than he's typically used to. But historically, Thompson and especially Skinner are not good two-way players. They're not good in their own end. And for that to be the line you chose to put out there to close the game out, I mean, I know they're the number one line, but I would have liked to see Krebs out there again. I would have liked to see the middle stat line out there again. I Really, with Benson, I think Benson's a better two-way player than Skinner is at this point. I think middle stat historically is a better defensive player than Thompson. And Greenway and Tuck might be a push. Actually, I wouldn't say that. I think Tuck's an elite defensive player sometimes. Sometimes. It's certain things. But Greenway's been really good, too. Um, I think I would have thrown that line out there. I might even put the Gergensons out there instead of Skinner. Couldn't you have done that? Do Tage... Gergensen and, and Thompson. Um, but Skinner to me is not very helpful in a situation like that. Uh, I Thompson, I know he's been better, but I think I'd like to have a different centerman out there. So that is what we saw on the game time goal. But uh, I think Dalene was the one who really made the mistake. Also, Matias Samuelson should have mentioned this at the top injured in the game, upper body injury. Uh, we'll see. He did not return to the game. He's had a lot of injury problems in the past. So here's the hoping it's not, major because their record without Samuelson last year was putrid. It's really what kept them out of the playoffs, their inability to win a game without him. Now, what might be better is that Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton now being in the fold, you would hope in theory that the Sabres are more capable of, uh, of withstanding a Samuelson injury than they were last year. A timeout here. What about Tampa? and their future because they've looked bad so far this year. And I thought they were bad last night. That's coming up here in the lockdown savers podcast. We are brought to you by the sleeper app. I love the sleeper app so much. Uh, you know, when, when Skinner or Thompson or tuck scores a hat trick, you know, when the Sabres maybe win a playoff round this year, you're going to want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season. 
But to have a chance of winning big, you need to play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Uh, so check out who you'd like to bet on player-wise. You bet um, whether it's Tage or whether it's Darlene or Eric Johnson if you want. All you need to do is pick more or less stats on these players. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, and plenty more. You heard me Saber fans, 100-time payouts on sleepers, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details. Final segment here in the lockdown savers podcast. I want to spend a couple of minutes on Tampa and what is to expect from the lightning going forward, because that is a team that the Sabres are directly competing with in the Atlantic division. They fall in their fourth game. They are now one, two and one on the season. And to me, they were darn lucky that they even got a point out of it. I thought they were outplayed for most of the game, if not all of the game. This The Sabres, I mean, I, I know the shots, shot attempts, and a lot of that looks similar. But expected goals four was, was a good chunk in favor of the Sabres at 54%. That's solid. Um, and that's not the first time that's happened. At expected goals four, which I like to use a lot, I know. But through four games... Tampa has not been the better team on that stat yet. 35% against the Nashville Predators in their opener. They won that game, but they were outplayed in that game. It was a bad night by UC Saros. 32% against Detroit, who's not a good hockey team. And then exactly 45.2% against Ottawa and Buffalo. They've been outplayed four games in a row by four teams that did not make the playoffs last year. I don't think they're good. And Stamkos, I know, has been missing for two of those games, the Ottawa game and the Buffalo game. Um, and that is big. It's, I know it's significant, but that's that's part of it here. Tampa always has their injuries, and they are no longer the team built to withstand those injuries. They are not deep anymore. One of the staples of those cup teams that they had wasn't just their elite play at the top from Point and Stamkos and, and, and Kucherov, but it was also they had Tyler Johnson on the third line. They had Anthony Sorelli on the third line. They had... Pat Maroon on the fourth line. Um, they had guys littered throughout the lineup that could step up. Uh, remember, uh, who's the guy who's in Seattle now? Oh, this is going to kill me. Yanni Gord was scoring 30 goals on the third line. Just everywhere you looked. Alex Kalorn. These guys aren't there anymore. And they don't have the depth to withstand injuries. And they have injuries already to two of their most important four players. Vasilevsky gets hurt. Jonas Johansson's not good. Two of those goals the Sabres scored last night, I thought he should have saved. Um, now, maybe there was a couple that he should have should have let in that he didn't. Um, I think that Johansson's bad. He's a horrible goaltender for an NHL starter. And I think Stamkos right now, I mean, they have Brandon Hagel. They could bump up into the first line and they can withstand that. But they don't have somebody that can replace Brandon Hagel on the second line. So that's where I'm at with Tampa. I think they're not going to be a good team. Um, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Right now, they are plus money to miss the playoffs at FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 106, just barely, um, almost 50-50 if you actually look at it by the odds. And right now, goaltending-wise, out of the 54 goalies to qualify for goals above expected, they have the 47th best goaltender and the 40th best goaltender. So, not impressed. I was not impressed by Tampa last night. Way too many Zach Bogosian minutes. You You know what you need to know about Tampa and where the state of their team is? Look how many, look how many Jason Bottrell guys are they're relying upon. 
And not even the good Jason Bottrell, guys. Zach Bogosian. Although, I guess Murray traded for him. But Bogosian playing big minutes. Not a good player. Connor Sherry playing minutes. Not good. He wasn't good when he was on the Sabres. He's not good anymore. Johansson playing in that. Not good. There's that's, that's all you need to know about the Lightning. I think they're in big trouble. And actually, what does their schedule look like coming up? Um, they play Vancouver, then Toronto, then Carolina. So two of their next three are against division favorites. So keep an eye on that. They do have a couple of soft games after that, San Jose, Seattle, and Columbus. Um, but they got two of their next three games are pretty tough, pretty tough. Sabres will not see Tampa again, by the way, for a while. Sabres don't play Tampa until January 20th. That's an afternoon game. Uh, so we got a long time until uh, the Sabres will see them again. Next up is Calgary. We'll talk about that game next time here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast for you everydayers. So tune in. We'll talk about the lineup. What's going on? What's going on with Calgary? They're always in a weird spot, aren't they? That's coming up next time on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.